She's got bangs that attack every corner of her lovely face. Words that float in some light on a cloudy day with my heart in mind. I don't mind another day. Even though some nights are stomach scars, may my eyes still sparkle the times when I hear your name in our hearts. Hi, it's so good to be back after our little summer break and no worries, you're still listening to International Love Story. We just changed the intro a little bit for this episode because the song you were just listening to is a song that Jesse wrote for his girlfriend Rita after meeting her. It's called A Winter Smile. It's so heartwarming and it was just a huge surprise when he suddenly sent uh, this yeah, this song to me and I, I had to use it for this episode. Um, so as you might guess, this is what today's episode is about. So it's about Jesse and Rita. Rita is from Cambodia. Jesse is from Hawaii originally. And they both met in Sweden a couple of years ago, and nowadays they're living in Germany. Um, so they also choose to live on neutral ground, just develop their way, and this is also part of the episode. So we're going to talk about that, after all, life is not about going the straight path, it's about discovering other trails on the way and um, enjoying it and just living life at its fullest and besides what what others are, are saying and what others are thinking. Um, but we're also going to talk about um, how they managed the moving and, and traveling uh, financial-wise, which I think is a very interesting and important topic. So I would like to dive directly into this conversation. Enjoy today's episode and yeah, leave us some feedback. My winter smile, my winter grin. So, welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited to to get to know you guys a little bit better. I mean, we had the pre-call and um, I've learned a little bit about you. It's just so nice to see you sitting on the other end. Like, um, so for everyone who's listening right now, so they're sitting on the couch, but Rita is sitting in front of Jesse. It's like, it's just like a very dynamic and very cute picture. It's like, it's so nice to see you so happy. It's, I just love it. I just love it. <laughs> I love the word you described that are we united because it sometimes we were we didn't think of that because it's been on and off and mm -hmm. it's yeah some it's just nice that we are now together. <laughs> yeah, it has it has been a long way for you as well. I mean, um, let's just start with like when did you guys start dating? Like, how did you meet? When did you meet? And how? How did everything develop to, to the way it is now? Because 
as I remember, the last time we spoke, you told me that it all started in 2016, which is quite a while ago already. And then you basically fought your way to where you are right now. So let's start from the beginning. <laughs> How did you meet? <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's always crazy to us to actually think about how long um, we've been together. It's, it's similar to when people ask us how long we've been in Germany. And in some sense, we feel like we've just begun. And other times, like, oh, we've been here for over two years. Like, okay, this is, this is going by really quick. And same thing with us. Like, we've, we've been together now for over five years, you know, coming up pretty quick. I guess we're actually past five and a half years. Mm. And that just blew by in some ways and in other ways was like you said such a fight at some points but it um, all started when we both were studying abroad um, Rita took a bit more of a winding path than me um, starting in France um, coming from Cambodia to go to France and then from France to a summer in Spain and summer in Spain uh, to go up to Sweden uh, for her um, study abroad program I was studying abroad from Hawaii. Um, I, I went from Hawaii to California and then California to Sweden. And our first time we met is kind of up for debate. Um, we have different <laughs> memories of the same night. I have a Halloween party that I threw um, at the international dorms um, where basically I, I organized a great party. And halfway through the night, um, everybody decided that it would be fun to go to a slightly different party, just two floors up on the dorm. And I was sulking on my floor. I'm like, I'm going to enjoy my party. I threw this. So I'm going to stay here. And at one point, uh, she came to that party and met me on, the, on one of the first floors um, and said, you know, oh, are you Jesse? And I'm like, yeah. Cool. <laughs> I had this memory. I had this memory that I would go around uh, like the first floor and then uh, go to another floor that is supposed to have another party too, just to, to go around and see people's. And I remember looking up who the ones that host the party. And uh, I remember like the picture of a person and I was like, yeah, this guy seems to be that one. So I'm just asking, are you Jesse, like the one through the party? It, it sounds pretty strange at that moment. Just, and then after that, I remember just like, okay, let's just walk away. <laughs> But he had no memory of that, so it's up for debate whether yeah. I do met him on that day or not. But I, 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 yeah, I feel like I remember it's very well that it's it's such a strange moment of mm. interaction <clears throat> and a strange in exchange. So I, I think I remember it's really well that it happened. It was a strange night. <laughs> yeah, it was a strange night, but still fun. Um, but the time that we for sure bet, um, that we both have memories of, was when we had a mutual friend who's having a going away party. It happened to be on my floor of the international dorms. And I saw her and her friends, um, you know, sitting there and I could tell that they weren't from these same dorms. They seemed like they were a bit kind of out of place and kind of didn't know who to talk to, what to say. And for me, like my natural, like since it's my floor of the building, I kind of felt like that, that sense of being a um, host kind of you know, position and wanting to make sure that everyone that was there felt comfortable. And I was like, okay, these people obviously are not. And especially coming from Hawaii, it's a big thing that you, people feel happy, feel comfortable where they are. And so I went, out, went over and started talking to them. Obviously, I noticed she was cute too, which is, you know, a factor. But, um, but regardless, I wanted to make sure that everyone felt good. So I started talking with her and um, the night went on pretty quick. And, you know, we, we had some nice moments, but it felt like something you know, just like a person that you meet here and there. And I was going to be moving away relatively soon to a different town in Sweden. 
So I was, you know, already kind of saying goodbye. Um, but then later on around Christmas time, she sent me a text kind of asking, you know, hey, you know, how are you doing? Because we were on Facebook together. And, you know, I, I know you're also celebrating Christmas away from family. You know, what what are you doing? How's it going? And I was like, okay, this is really interesting. I met her just once and now she kind of, kind of spontaneously texting me here. She's gone on to say that that was just merely a friendly uh, gesture, but I interpreted it as more. And from that interpretation, maybe turned it into something more, which in the end worked mm-hmm. out because we we met up for coffee, um, what Swedish people would call a fika, where you meet with coffee and tea and pastries, some good conversation. And it's kind of like a date, not really a date. You just be friends. So we met up like that and everything kind of the, the dating really started um, when we sealed the deal on, on New Year's Eve, um, getting close to midnight and realizing we have like two or three minutes to midnight and then um, running across this park to go to the water where we could see the, the uh, fireworks at midnight. And she was going too slow. So I picked her up. Um, we ran across the field together to go see them. And we got to midnight and I was already kind of like, okay. If there was ever a moment to, to try yeah. to kiss someone, I think this is it. And luckily for me, that was probably one of the only moments I could have kissed her because she was like waiting for a moment for her first kiss because it would be um, her first kiss ever. Oh my God, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, can she, you tell that I have goosebumps right now? Oh my God. <laughs> She's actually denied uh, a kiss from other another person because she's like, I'm waiting for my first one. So like this, this doesn't cut it. And so if I would have just chosen another moment that was good, but not fireworks in the air, midnight on New Year's Eve good, um, then I, I could have probably gotten the same response. But luckily, the stars aligned, <laughs> fireworks were going off. We had that first kiss. And for the next two or three minutes, she kept going. That was my first kiss. That was my first kiss. That was my first kiss. Were you aware of that, that this is her first kiss before you kissed her? Or was it just like... No, I, I knew no. I knew that... I, I don't know how much we had talked about like other relationships at that point. I think I just knew that like she was somebody that hadn't been in many relationships. But I, I imagine that she likely had had a first kiss or something. And being as yeah. cute as she is, you know, I thought <laughs> that it was bound to have happened. But... Um, But no, I didn't know. And um, and from that point, we we kind of got to the point where we we're like, okay, well, I'm moving to a new city, like yeah, a week. Um, I'm gonna have a birthday party here first, but then after that, um, I gotta go. And so we're gonna be living in two different towns, mm-hmm. a couple hours apart. Be kind of the beginning of long distance for us. <laughs> the shortest bit of long distance was two hours. Um, and so I was like, yeah, maybe we'll see each other like once a week, or sorry, once a month. You know, I'll come down there. You come up here. We, we can hang out. Kind of, it was like more like we can have a date here and there kind of a thing. But pretty much as soon as we started that, we realized we weren't going to be able to do it. And we realized that like one day a month was just not like us. Mm. So we, we got to a point where it's pretty much weekly and for, for long periods of time where we would see each other. Mm. And yeah, it turned into something much more full on. So mm, yeah. I feel like when you start stuff with long distance, um, you really very quickly kind of have to commit a lot. Um, whereas if you are kind of short and you can kind of meet spontaneously, you can kind of stay in that kind of spontaneous kind of light relationship. But when you're more long distance, if they're going to see you, they're likely going to be there for night and day, a couple of days or something like mm. that, or a week. 
um, rather than just like a date at a coffee shop and then you know, saying goodbye. So very quickly we turned into a kind of serious relationship. And um, so did I understand correctly that you officially start dating? So the kiss was the moment you both knew, okay, there's much more than just friendship or... Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and that was in 2016. So 2016 to 2017 on New Year's Eve, right? No, so 2015, ah, uh, December okay. time, like around the December time that we met, and then mm -hmm. go on to uh, January 2016. 2016. But may I ask, like Rita, like I mean, every every woman, or like at least. It was like this with me. I hope this question is not too personal. But um, when I thought about like, hey, um, when I'm going to have my my first kiss, obviously you picture it like, I think it's a woman thing, like um, the first kiss. And then um, if you want to get married, also getting married, that you have like a very, you picture it in your head already. So you have a scenario already and and you're like, This is how it's supposed to be, and this is how I want it to be. And out of my experience, at least, so I got disappointed. So my kiss wasn't special at all. <laughs> I think I was 16 or something, maybe 15, but it wasn't. It wasn't anything special at all. It wasn't absolutely not as I expected it to be. And I love that you've waited for the right person, and that like just imagining like the surrounding and everything, like after you had your official first date and how well it went and you had a very deep conversation and then you rushed to the to the spot to see the fireworks and you had your first kiss on new year's eve it's like it's so crazy it's so beautiful it's just like it's just like a fairy tale to me like but uh, to get back to to the question like um did you know when you first met uh, Jesse because you were telling us or you were telling me that um it was um in this was it an apartment it was this party and then you introduced yourself and um did you potentially saw him as someone you might date at some point or did it just develop and you were just like open-minded and you were like um around christmas time like hey i just want to text him to see how he's doing because i care because i know that he's also going to be alone like what what was going on what were you really thinking in those moments that basically lead you to where you are right now it's crazy um i did not have seen him like the first day like who the first day we had proper conversation um is Yeah, yeah, just see him like somebody who I met at the party who is really nice, like mm -hmm. somebody from the U.S. that I have a very great experience with. And yeah, it, it was really nice. But I didn't expect anything else. It's just like, okay, we're not going to see each other again. That's, that's, that's it. Um, yeah, but it was just somebody who, you know, was nice with talking to you and nice to you at the party. Um, And I think I remember you said something like uh, you wanted to throw a party of a New Year's Eve. Mm. And I remember the details like, yeah, I don't know whether or not I will be here or what I will be doing. But at least this is one option because most of my um, 
European friend will be leaving to their home, and mm. I my home will be too far to go <laughs> anywhere. So I I definitely stay. Um, so I, I'm looking for something to occupy myself as well for New Year's Eve. So I just took the note, um, and we said goodbye. Um, and a couple of days later, he was adding me on Facebook. He's like, "Okay, well, we're not gonna see each other, and why even do like?" <laughs> Ask me a friend on Facebook, but um, okay, fine. Uh, I accepted it. Uh, I think yeah. Then on Christmas Day, I yeah, I had like this spontaneous friend group that like invited me to another friend home to have like a small Christmas together. So I know one of them, and the rest I met there for the first time. So basically, it's just very spontaneous. Just trying to. Be together with someone uh, on the on Christmas uh, uh, evening. So I was like, yeah, I know. I, for me, I have yeah, I live on campus. I have someone that I could go to spontaneously, and I could imagine how hard it'd be, like away from home, and was spending this time alone. And yeah, of course, I was drinking a bit, so I was just thinking about someone, and I was just like, "Hey, how are you doing? Merry Christmas!" And just, just a quick text, and just thinking like, "Yeah, just want to know how uh, he spent his time." Um, of course, he didn't see it that way. He'd mm-hmm. see it something more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then we had after that, he replied to me, and we had some conversation. Going from like friendship about travel, about living abroad, about all these things like it. Nothing about you know really floaty stuff. It just it's just about life. It's just about having deeper conversation, and and I really do enjoy that very much. Um, is that we had a lot of good conversation together, and so he asked if I we could meet for. Coffee. That was like okay. I mean, in Sweden, there can be like fika, can be date, or can not be a date. So I'm didn't wanted to put my expectation up, and so I just yeah, I just went with a flow. I just have a fika with a friend. That's what I tell myself it will be. But um, and we had a moment, a moment that I know this is not just uh, a friendship anymore. Um, when he showed me a song in French that he did not understand, and he wanted me to to listen to it and tell him what what that mean, and the moment we sit across from each other, and he had me one of the headphone side, like uh, and we listened to it. I was trying to understand the French, but at the same time look across to the one sitting across from me, and it. Seemed to be so romantic, and I was like, "Okay, definitely, he's not meant just a friend. He's definitely flirting with me." <laughs> um, so I, I had that moment that telling me that, okay, this is something more. Um, so, I, the next day is the hol- uh, the New Year's Eve party. So we had the fika on the thirtieth of. December and the next day we will see each other again on like New Year's Eve. So I I decided I will be going, uh, and then I went home and realized about my dream, my dream of my first kiss, which is 
it has to be three thing. A person has to be meant a lot to me, and not just like a cute crust I have on just some somebody who mean a lot to me. Um, and somebody uh, a night place and the night time. So like, okay, New Year's Eve sounds seems like a nice time. A night place by the lake with the firework. That's great. Um, so uh, he he. If I imagine a person who would kiss me, I think I can imagine him to be the first one, and it 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 means to me something. So mm. I already mentally prepared. Uh, if it come down to, I'm prepared to um to kiss someone for <laughs> the first time. <laughs> so that would um uh, yeah. To to add a, a couple other details, I'll start by first saying. Uh, like you, my my first kiss, uh, like you, Christina, uh, my first kiss was not um, what I imagined it would be. I would say I still imagined a bit, but maybe not as as much detail. Uh, my my first kiss was spent completely not sure how to navigate spontaneity. You know, this kind of first kiss are kind of supposed to be spontaneous. It was supposed to be a moment, but I'm like, okay, I I just don't know how to do this. So I kept pretty much repeating like, I'm going to um, I I gotta do something because if I don't do it. I'm going to regret it. Mm. And so I, I want to kiss you. Is that okay? Like, it was really cringeworthy. It took like three minutes of talking to get to a kiss. And then it was like, <laughs> like this really quick. And then it was over. And then it was kind of like, you know, completely anticlimactic. And it was like, oh, oh, God, that was bad. And it was at a random park in the middle of the day. And it was, it was just not good in so many ways. Was it was it just a quick kiss on the lip? Yeah, it was just a quick kiss on the lip. But I was so intimidated to go to it, so I felt like I really had to to like I was kind of reading um like the the terms and conditions and the warnings first of like I, I haven't done this before, but I need to do it. But kind of not saying what I was going to do, you know, because I kind of wanted to somewhat be spontaneous. So it was yeah, much worse. Um, But He then, signed the terms and conditions. <laughs> is in black first negotiation, and then okay, exactly. asking um, asking for quite business in sense. <laughs> But uh, also, when we went on that first fika too, I was also um, I spent the night after that fika kicking myself in the butt because there was a moment when we were coming back from the fika. She's like, "Oh, like let's ride my bike um, to your place," and I'm like, "Oh, two people on one bike. That's romantic too." Um, so. Uh, so she was on the back and I was riding it and we were getting ready to say goodbye. And since it's the day before New Year's Eve, people are already shooting at fireworks. And I was like, this, this is a moment. I, I should kiss her. And then like, I kind of talked myself out of it. And I was like, ah, oh, stupid. Why didn't you kiss her? And then later on, I realized it doesn't really make sense. If you have the choice between the day before New Year's Eve, kissing somebody with like these crappy fireworks when the sun hasn't even really set yet, or New Year's Eve at midnight, Of course, the better option would be the second one. And also, But, if I were at this part, is that you confused with the different country where I'm from? Well, yeah, that, that was also... one of the things that stopped me. Well, because there's another person in our building who is from Colombia, and so it was not that I confused where she was from. I knew she was from Cambodia, but I had the two C words in my head, so I said Colombia instead of Cambodia. Oh, it's yeah. Cambodia, <laughs> but. Uh, Some other factors um, too that I think led to that moment um, and made that moment kind of special. Um, before we had that kiss, was um, 
uh, when I came to Sweden, I decided I wanted to be more open with playing music because um, I was in the music industry and I played music also myself. And so it was quite fun that before that, at the New Year's Eve party, we had a small group of people in my room and we were all playing music and singing together. And at one point, people kind of kept leaving here and there. And at one point, it was just me and her in my room. And um, that was really quite fun and also quite made me feel like, okay, this is going to be something. She also later told me, too, that she noticed that my room was quite clean. And she was like, hmm, this guy has potential. He's got a clean room. The toilet is nice, seats down, and, you know, and the room is organized, beds made. Ooh, it's not every time you see it. So, <laughs> so I, I felt like I, I, I have a lot of expectation. <laughs> I, I prepared, I prepared well Checklist. for that moment. Um, yeah, no, then it led to, led to a great first kiss, which kicked off everything else. May I ask, um, how old were you, uh, Rita, when the first kiss? You just... I was 21. Oh, I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. I wish I would have waited, but yeah. Oh, so beautiful. 21. And um, you you mentioned just before, um, Jesse, that you kind of like the distance. You, so you knew that you are going to be separated at some point again, but that didn't matter to you anymore because you knew that this is going to work and that this has to work. Um, what, what gave you the assurance that this is it, that this is going to, to work out for the both of you? I mean, I guess the biggest thing that it comes down to is, um, stubbornness, <laughs> um, and, um, kind of relates to something that we've been thinking about and listening to lately, um, around climate change, um, I, I can't remember her name exactly right now. Christina Figueres, the, the woman who authored the Paris Climate Agreement, talked about this notion of stubborn optimism. <laughs> and it's not naivety to think that things can work out. It's like, I am an optimist that things will work out and I'm going to stubbornly push to make sure that that happens. And I think it was a bit of that, that kind mm -hmm. of like sealed it for me, where for a while I just wasn't sure if it would work because I, I could see clearly all of the challenges that would happen when my time in Sweden would be done and we would leave. And it was like, realistically, our chances of making this work are, are, are small. And it's going to be a very complex process and difficult emotionally. And so for a long time, I had the mentality that like, just enjoy it while it's here. And, you know, at the end, you know, don't set that expectation that's going to continue because that's just gonna be too hard. Just enjoy it for what it is as like a summer summer relationship or a, a you know a half year relationship this kind of thing that you can look back on and when we are in the same place we can meet up or something but when we get towards the end that stubbornness started kicking in and it was kind of like questioning i know it's a small chance but like why not try like why and it was the feeling too that it was just like we couldn't i if it was something where i was like okay i don't really find her that attractive or There's a lot of parts of her personality that actually don't match up that well. You know, then I could justify it a bit more. But I couldn't find, like, pretty much anything wrong with the relationship that I had found and created with her. And the feeling that that entire thing could be upset purely by the fact that paperwork and t plane tickets and visas and all this could be complicated. I was like, that felt like such a mechanical end to an emotional relationship. Mm -hmm. And that would be so frustrating to me 
kind of like your relationship ends on a technicality mm-hmm. and it's like that's if, if we're gonna end like let it be a blow up kind of end like that i'm like okay this doesn't work all right and i can then come to terms with that but i don't think i could have ever come to terms with a relationship that ended because of politics and borderlines and visa paperwork like it was just too frustrating so i was like kind of like all right i'm stubborn i'm, I'm gonna make this work because i think the only other option is bullshit was it was it the same for you, Rita? Mm, for me, I I don't know. Uh, now I see it. I can't explain why that I do have this optimism and this um, about long distance relationship. Maybe I have seen people have long distance relationship before in the past uh, where I grew up. Um, I I was actually asking him a lot when we come every. Uh, reaching like three months and four months sometimes we had a very great time and i start thinking of the end and thinking of in the next three months in our six month or like in june when our program is finished like what is going to be i want him to decide now so i can make a mental prepared like Mm -hmm. are we are you serious with this Mm -hmm. are um like, are you serious with this? Or is this something that is going to be just what happened in Sweden on an A-Chain program for you? Mm-hmm. What is it for you? Because um, if it's nothing serious, I, I'm okay with that too because I have great time. But I just need some time to prepare and not like suddenly at, um, when June comes, like, okay, this is it, goodbye. Like, I, mm-hmm. I would be devastated. So. Mm-hmm. I was the one who like really asking him a lot the question mm-hmm. and again and again and I think um it it's also make us think and make us yeah make you think more because mm. I I am pretty yeah I was like I I feel great about someone I feel you know really fine my my friend who I yeah of course we love more than friends and. I don't want to throw this out just because you don't believe in long distance. So mm-hmm. and I was like, we could, we can learn, we can, we can, we can try, we can, you know, send care package that, you know, do something. I can't throw this out because I know it's or something great. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, did you feel, Rita, like when it came to the point where you needed an answer, like, hey, yes or no, is this going to work on the long run as well? Why being separated on, on like while dating on distance? Did you feel like you got a clear answer from Jesse? So did you always find clear words for the situation or was there in between, um, was there a time frame? Because this is what I felt with Nacho, where it was quite like, it wasn't the one or the other so we weren't quite sure where this is going to lead and it was very frustrating but once we found words and we said okay this is going to work um it worked out because we were both committed to that so did you did you feel rita that this happened to you um he he got back to you and he was like yes let's try it out and that was the moment you were both 100 into it well, um, so this series event, um, I brought this up, um, I think once or twice, and I don't think we have a concrete 
or answer. I I didn't have the concrete answer, uh, from him, mm-hmm. and I I was okay too. Um, it's like, you know, let's let's try to find the answer. Let's take some time. Let's think about it. Um, I wanted to be part of the conversation, whether or not it's I'm going to get the answer now. Um, so, yeah, I think we had um. I think we had some thought, and he would look it look it up. Um, so off way to to bring that I could go into U.S. because I will be done with my program before him. He will need to finish his program, uh, one year after. So it makes sense for me to go to U.S. Uh, while uh, he was finishing his program. So. He actually did research about different kind of visa. <laughs> After three months, we've been dating um, to his family side. Probably sounds really, very weird or strange that uh, like this, you just met someone and now you're looking for like another a visa to to the US mm. and all these things. And, and I remember his word where it was like, "Hey, don't don't think of me. I'm a, a creep or something. Um, I just send you a bunch of information about visa to to the US and." Yeah, um, I remember that part. So I think he needs to know some choices that he can make, like what way is possible. So he did his research, and it seemed complicated but somewhat possible. And and then it come down to a question. I think I remember he was asking me, "So would you like to go to the U.S. with me?" Um, and then I was like, okay, now I will be asked the question again. Um, not I asked him the question, but now being asked the question, what do I want? Like, ask myself. And at that moment, I was like, I need time alone. We, I was living in a share flat, and he was cooking in a kitchen where, like, a share kitchen. I went into my room, and I need the time alone. I did my, um, tree decision you know decision uh, tree pro and cons list yeah so pro and con list so i was like is this pro and this is con is like why would i want to go to the us is this what i want and the pro is this the con is this and then i gave him i think one hour i want i needed a one hour for that and he was alone in the kitchen um Going crazy oh <laughs> make the terms with okay i'm gonna try and make this work and then Oh wait, what? She might not want to. She has to do a pro and con list. Okay. I mean, I can. I can only imagine how you felt, Jess, because you, I mean, you, you, you basically you came with a solution, like, hey, or with a question, hey, do you actually want to live in the U.S.? And can you imagine yourself living there? And there was this was something Rita proposed, kind of, by sending the information over before, like a few days before, and then. Um, Still not knowing, like, hey, is this going to lead the way I wish for it to lead? Um, because suddenly she she takes her time and she's she's rethinking it because obviously it's a huge step. And um, it's I feel like it's the difference between imagining something and then it comes to a point where you really have to think about it. And those are two completely different things. And obviously it's going to lead the next few years to completely different direction than you most probably have ever expected it, Rita. So I completely understand that you needed some time for yourself, basically, 
to overthink and to make sure that this is really what you want before heading into a direction um, you might not be happy with on the long run and that that's just the worst thing that can happen yeah i think what it was that is that i wanted the relationship to continue but i wasn't sure how like um is it now or it come down to a question that okay we trying to make it work by me going to the u.s but because my plan wasn't wanting to go to the u.s my plan was to stay in europe our plan was to stay in sweden because i love it there like um if i decided to go i would throw a chance of me making it work over there um so is that what i really want um so that's i took the question or i took it very seriously and i don't want to give a um an answer that i don't commit to so i really mm. need to thinking it's true and give the answer that i really meant i know i committed to so i think that that's why yeah i mean in the end we we both kind of had that feeling i had that feeling a bit earlier as well because i also had some plans i was planning to you know to finish up my senior year back home and, and for me the the whole process of living in europe was also i i and you know also my interaction with like other cultures and all this i think a lot of americans especially see it sometimes as kind of like a vacation you you go and you do this or it's a one-time event you go to this place and you experience these things meet these people and then you go back to your, your comfort place where you're at home and you know the culture you know everything and i was kind of ready to take a step away from that just by inviting her here and and, and saying like okay we're going to have this long-term relationship where that is going to be a regular part of my life of different culture different languages and things like this and you know the trips that i was planning to do you know in this period of time would all, would also change and yeah we're, we're both like contemplating very different life but always it feels like whenever we come to these big decisions we we come at it with a mixture of empathy and like you know looking at things on an emotional level what's best for me my emotions what's best for them and their emotions how can we you know, find a good meeting place of that, but then also um, almost scientifically or business-like of, you know, pro and cons list or research. And like, we have, we've had multiple Google Docs that are the shared Google Docs, like USA or bust or um, Germany or bust, you know, like these kind of things like, all right, um, here are all the links that we have. What, what kind of leads are you currently working on? I'm looking at this visa. This visa looks like it could be good, but we have to look at these things. All right, I'll look onto that on Thursday. I'll get back to you. Let's have a meeting on Friday about that. And we can be quite uh, regimented on it because we're like, if unless we put things down uh, on paper and we're um, yeah, regimented in, in the processes that we have, it's just not going to work. And I've seen too much in my life, people who have great ideas and, and passions and things that they want to do. And it just kind of sits in this place of like, yeah, one day I'm, I'm going to do this or I'm going to make it happen. And I think especially with anything relationship wise, when it comes to these long distance relationships, it's so important to really set goals. Okay, this month we're going, how do we make it happen? And all right, how far are we on this? What's the next paper we need to find? What are the current questions we have? Who can we ask these mm -hmm. questions to? Um, do we have any personal connections that we can reach out to? And so, yeah, we, we, we have to take those, that approach mm -hmm. a lot of times to mm -hmm. kind of combine the emotional side with the pure logistical side of how do we manage this international relationship. When, um, so 
so do I understand correctly that Rita came out after one hour for bedroom with this list and you basically just went through it together, right? Or did you come out with a decision already? No, I came out with a decision. I came out and I see the list and I'm like, okay, well, I decided um, I'm going. And that was the moment. A question question I never asked you, actually, but I think it would be interesting Mm -hmm. is... Do you feel like your list was done fairly in the sense that were there really more pros than cons? Because I've done this before personally, where I'll make a pro and cons list and I'll kind of see the numbers and how they're adding up and I'll look at the score and sometimes the cons are more than pros, pros more than cons or they're equal. But just while I'm looking at it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. the pros win. (laughs) And then I'm like, and I can kind of like question myself, like, well, actually, they are equal, but I'm like, yeah, but no, but but the pros win, or or actually, there are more cons, yeah, but this one that should be weighted, you know, that's a weighted score that should actually be higher because it means something. Yeah. So do you feel like you were like, oh, pros were ten and cons were eight, so I go with this, or was it like equal, but you kind of like, yeah, but I'm gonna go with pros, or even more cons than pros, but you still decided how how did the list mm-hmm. actually shape up from what you remember? I think. In terms of the listing, just the number, just based on the number by itself, I think I have more pro than con. Um, that uh, is not um, bias or it's it just what it come up. But definitely it's also weighted against like I, some stuff that as a con or like as a pro, I would weight it more or less depending on what it, how important that is to me. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's normal to have those. Yeah. And I remember, <laughs> I don't remember all the every, everything that I've written down, but I remember, why not? <laughs> <laughs> it comes like, I want to travel the world and this is mm-hmm. one of the things I could see and I could experience new things and if I don't like it, I yeah, can just yeah, come yeah. back to Europe. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I'm quite young and I can, I have, yeah, I have a lot to learn, to see. So let's just do it. Mm. This is also what helped me a lot. Um, What you just said, like you always have another, another possibility and the possibility would be uh, to come back and then just start something else and and maybe start from zero even though if it hurts like worst thing that can happen is that you come back heartbroken because it didn't work out but at least you've tried and um i think it's just quite interesting what you said jesse because i know for sure if i would do it oh actually i did such a uh in, in my head but i didn't write it down before moving to the u.s um i did a pro and con list as well but after all the pros just like waited more because like i'm a very emotional person so emotions come first and if if my my gut feeling says okay let's just go for it i do it and the contra list can be as long as it wants to be but if the gut feeling says it feels good it feels right i will go for it and knowing that hey if it doesn't work out there's always another way um, of course, it's scary. Of course, it's a completely other step. Like it's something, I don't know, most probably just 1% um, of people would do. I don't know anyone else who's ever did it. I have no idea how this is going to work out, but I will never know if I'm not trying it out. So this is basically my or was my point of view. 
And um, I, I think it's very interesting, Greta, that you had the ability to really sit down and to analyze it without your emotions playing into it. I, I don't think that I do have the emotion away from that pro and con list. And definitely, mm -hmm. you can note down some stuff that are based on emotion as well. It's like losing someone you really love and a great relationship you just started. And those are also emotion that I would weight it in this pro and con list. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think it's pretty much emotion as well. And I think it's very important sometimes to um, listen to what your heart really wants. Mm. Mm. And knowing that there's always going to be another option, if anything, yeah. And um, so how did it develop from, from there on? Um, you both agreed that you would like to try it out so that you would like to, to close the distance, that it's going to be the US. Yeah. But... I mean, you're not in the US right now. You're you're living in Germany. Yeah. Like, what happened? <laughs> a lot of things. Like when you when you had to say goodbye, I know that uh, you just you went to Cambodia yeah. for very spontaneously for quite a long time because you just couldn't say goodbye, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I went with her there because I mean, <clears throat> once we kind of came the decision of going to the US, that was one thing. But <clears throat> I think the original plan that we had to go to the US was probably like version one of 60 different versions that developed over the course of the next few months as we desperately looked for all the different ways. And and we still hadn't really figured it out, I'd say even by that summer. Um, we had, you know, we were more clear on it. There's more elimination. Okay, that doesn't work. Okay, that also doesn't work. And just keep looking for new options. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, to, to delay saying goodbye, I went with her to Cambodia and got to be there for her brother's engagement ceremony, which is a big thing in Cambodia, a big party. Got to meet a lot of her family. And then, you know, then of course they start feeling really serious. Like, okay, me and the family, I, I'm part of this now. And yeah. then uh, once I went back to the US, that was our first real long distance where we couldn't see each other at all. Not just like the two hours we had in Sweden. Um, and meanwhile, we're, we're still working out the details of her, of her visa, which in the end we came to the conclusion of a J1 visa. No, oh, no, first, first, first visitor. visitor. True, true. Because we had two trips to the U.S. But uh, the first was a visitor visa, uh, which should be simple, but it was still unbelievably complex. And um, one of the first places where I could really start seeing the complexities of my own American immigration system, which most Americans, especially the ones who I think are so anti-immigration, sometimes I think have very little understanding of what it actually takes for somebody to come through, even somebody who's very qualified to come through. And also how much a passport plays into uh, how easy it is to get someplace. A Cambodian passport to get to the U.S. is mm. very different than, than another mm. one. Um, mm. And um, But yeah, eventually she was able to make it to the U.S. She moved in with me and my roommates in like college town. And it was our first time like living together, first time living with other people. So that was, you know, all of an adventure. Um, and it brought new challenges too. Um, we met in a neutral country where we were both foreigners. We both didn't know the language and the culture, and we both kind of looked at things like, oh, wow, they do things like that. Oh, did you notice that? And, and when she got there, we ran into a situation that we were no longer in that, uh, in that place anymore. We were in a place where I had connections already developed. I knew the language and the culture, and she was the foreign person, and it made her feel a bit isolated. And 
that was kind of a reoccurring thing that we had to kind of deal with over time. Um, but of course, the visitor visa is only three months long. And so after that came another trip. Uh, we went first to Hawaii um, for our first Christmas in, in the U.S. and first time meeting my family, uh, which was quite fun. And I, I felt like such a kid just like showing her around every place and going, that that's where I I used to run. And that is where I used to play. And the, and this is my favorite part. <laughs> and just pointing at every single little detail along the way. Um, and then after that, we did, then we went to her brother's engagement ceremony. And I spent a bit longer time in Cambodia the wedding. second time. Second time engagement then. Second. The first one wasn't wedding. The first one wasn't. First one was engagement. Ah, true, true. Sorry, I'm going to mix up. Yeah, second one was wedding because um, <clears throat> they both feel like such a big party that it's it's I honestly get them mixed up because they both feel way more than what an American wedding would be even when it's just an engagement ceremony um, and then we had a, another period of time where we worked out a new solution because mm. um, visitor visa was difficult and we wanted her to be there for longer so we settled on then a J1 visa which gets her there as a uh, intern and internship and basically, if you're within a year of your graduation, you can still do this in the U.S. So we went through a new complicated process to get her to the U.S. And, and also costly. And also expensive. You have to pay a couple thousand yeah. for a sponsor whose only real role is just being the middle person between you and a job where we could have easily found the jobs ourselves and done stuff. But we needed to go through them. And for that, we paid a thousand. Um, mm. and yeah, then she was able to come for her longer period, was in the U.S. for a year as an intern while I worked um, as a music promoter. Um, this is all in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, and that was, yeah, definitely exciting. We, we were staying with a really nice family. It was a connection to my mom, so else we would not have been able to afford it because San Francisco is really, really expensive. But um, a lot of things happened in 2016. Um, the visa was ending. At that point, the internship is not possible. There's the visitor visa, but it's three months. And there's a work visa, but that's really competitive and complicated. And meanwhile, we have entering into our lives a new political figure who seems dedicated to um, devaluing yeah, <sighs> yeah. the, uh, the lives of immigrants, actively turning parts of the population against immigrants. And I, I kind of lost the identity of my country. I mean, I had felt okay enough to originally bring her to the U.S. because before she came for that longer, was it the longer trip or the shorter trip? I guess it was, yeah, because Trump. Yeah, the shorter, shorter trip. Yeah, I mean, before before she came for that short trip, I did a, a hitchhiking trip in the U.S. Um, to kind of reconnect to my country after that year in Sweden, where I went from Michigan to California with hitchhiking. and just like meeting people along the way. And granted, I'm doing this as a white male. Um, but despite that, I mean, I still felt like I was able to see a bit more representation of parts of the U.S. that had seemed so different, that were quite conservative and things like this, and just was met with such incredible amounts of kindness and um, generosity and openness that I felt comfortable enough to bring her there. But by 2016, you know, it, it was just getting harder and harder um, to keep justifying staying there with the climate of the U.S., the, the current kind of conversations people are having and 
we were in California, which definitely made it better, but we started missing Europe and we started looking for options, you know, if not here, then where? And so we focused on Canada for a while and we were pretty set on going to um, Vancouver. Vancouver and Vancouver. and we were, we had everything kind of set up and towards the very end, uh, we were like, oh, I guess there's actually this one little thing we didn't notice and that kind of completely bars you from coming and we won't be able to do this in time to get you there we can do it but we need much more time and so okay. then halfway through that year we had to completely come up with a new plan and we were like okay um well we want to go back to europe okay well how can we go to europe work visa no it's complicated um student student visa that's easier okay but i don't i'm already in from going to school in the u.s i'm so much in debt already i'm thirty thousand dollars in debt for just a bachelor. I don't want to go mm. and have to pay more. It's like, okay, but is there a school, a uh, country where we can go to school and have free education? Maybe that could be our way. Uh, oh, well, Germany, this is possible. So then it's like, all right, well, um, then we'll go back to school. What do you want to study? <laughs> and they're like, um, I think I want to go into something with like around climate and sustainability. I'm like, okay, well, I have a music industry background, but I want to be, I want that to be more strengthened with business. So um, maybe I'll look for like an MBA program or just a bachelor's program in business, international business. So then we looked for universities that had both of those things as a common uh, program. And like, which universities could we both go to school in? And we identified five. I don't remember all of them. I remember Kleve, Magdeburg, Lüneburg, Kiel? Nuremberg? Nuremberg. Yeah, and one other mm -hmm. one. And and Nuremberg was definitely one of our top ones. But in the end, mm -hmm. we I got into a few and she got into a few, but they didn't match up. So then we're like, okay, what do we do now? Um, and we just decided, okay, let's just try living in between two schools and trying to make that work. So we moved to the town of Uetzen, northern Germany. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, her school in Lüneburg was around half an hour away. And then my school in Magdeburg was a couple hours away. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, we'll just take the trains each day and we'll, we'll just make it work. But in the end, that mm -hmm. ended up being way too expensive um, for me because my school didn't pay for any of the train tickets. So it became more expensive than our rent. And uh, we decided we had to move to Lüneburg um, and I would find work. And so I, I found work in Lüneburg, luckily, with a startup um, speaking mostly German, but kind of making it work with even my broken mm -hmm. German. and. Um, yeah, and then she found her, her path through the university and really fell in love with sustainability. And that's how we arrived here. <laughs> mm, yeah, I wanted to add the parts like, sure. of the time in between, actually. those uh, At first, we had, um, when we left Sweden for Cambodia, and then when you left again to the U.S., we had around, I think, four months that we were apart yeah. until I went to um the u.s for a visitor visa and then i came back working for another visa trying to get another visa to the u.s and those time between was like four months like there were so many possibilities but at the same time seemed out of reach and mm -hmm. to setting up some things and yeah i was a long four months when you don't know what's gonna happen yeah um and afterward um the visa to germany didn't work out fast enough that I can fly all directly from US to Germany. So we were, okay, then we, I have to go to Cambodia because my visa in the US were done. So the, I was waiting uh, 
for you know working on my research to Germany around another four months, and Jesse was living in Cambodia for around four months, and he was working uh, still for his company in the uh, in the U.S. Uh, over there. So that time in Cambodia, mm-hmm. he got to learn a lot more about the culture and uh, the language and everything. Yeah, and so like those time in between feel like. To just feel like forever and it kind of gives us like a little post-traumatic stress of like yeah. oh it is gonna happen again and would that be ending and even though we are re- and now i feel much more safer but the first year in germany well uh we don't know how it worked financially when we're here it's is it going to be any day now we will again didn't make it work um yeah um any possible way so um it kind of bring us some stress even when we're together it's like is there mm. going to be a day that we separate again yeah i mean you have that yeah. uncertainty when you're in between things that can feel like forever and when you don't have a date to count down to or anything like that it feels like forever and that's one side of it the international visa long distance and things and then on the other side is when you are in a place and you do have a visa, then it can have the opposite effect because then you have a date that you're counting down to. And you're like, before that date, we have to figure out something else or the world will pull us apart again. Mm-hmm. And so you, you jump between these two things of uncertain distance away from each other that goes really slow. And then a period of time with each other where you feel like you're counting down the days before you're going to be pulled apart and you have to look for an exit plan as soon as you land. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's given us both traumatic, both like some PTSD around it, but then also um, in some sense pulled us closer together because then um, each moment that we have with each other, we still value it because we know how hard it was to get there. And we still have that feeling that it could be taken away, that we could be back in that situation at some point. Uh, even though we're working very hard to make sure that could never happen. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand that. Also, what um, the experience I've made or we've made is that what you just mentioned, Jesse, when you're together, basically, you're also planning your future. So you're not, obviously, you're enjoying your time together, but in the back of your head, you always have like, hey, what's going to be next? Is this going to, I mean, it will work out because you believe in it. And this is what you, what you said earlier, um, you're stubborn and the stubbornness brings you like, or brought you where you are nowadays. But um, also it's, it's just like you're together, you're enjoying it. But then there are 10,000 other things you're taking care of, you have to figure out, you discuss about, you sit together, you do your research together. And it's just like, we can do much more valuable things with the time we're having together. But instead, we have to sit down and discuss it and see, hey, how is it going to work out on the long run? And also what you just said, like, you never know if this is going to be the end so to speak yeah. like is it going to keep on like what's going to be next so you're always going to have the fear mm-hmm. that something might occur that drags you mm-hmm. from each other again yeah. and this is just like it's a constant fear you learn to live with yeah. somehow 
Mm. Um, and you know that in a couple of years it's going to end, but so far you don't know when mm -hmm. it's yeah. going to end yeah. and um, yeah. you just accept it. Um, what I would like to know as well, because um, obviously like going, going back and forth, um, going to Cambodia for a couple of, of months, as I understood, you were able to work from there for, for the company in the US, yeah. mm -hmm. but you were also mentioning that you have 30,000 US dollar debt in, in the US yeah. because of your studies, and but you still managed to, to travel from A to B and um, to start several visa processes, which mm -hmm. cost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. how, how did you do that? Because... Um, I just did the process one time when moving to the US and I spent uh, 6,000 US dollars, which was a lot of money for me at that point. But mm. what we also spent on was obviously the flight tickets and everything else. Sure. And um, I was working at that time. So mm. I had some savings, um, which brought me a long way, or which helped a lot. But how did you manage it as, uh, as you were both studying before? Yeah. I mean, it was something too where like my debt that I have is something that's kind of in the back of my head. It's it's like a weight that I carry with me, but at some at the same time, um I won't say that they're nice, <laughs> but they um they give you a lot of uh, tolerance before you start making money. So before you start making money, they're like, "Okay, your your yearly contribution that you have to make towards paying off your debt is zero. But at the same time, the longer you wait until you pay it, the more interest is accrued because it's constantly accruing interest. So the amount that I owe is constantly increasing. Um, and that continues to this day. Um, and so it's kind of like the, a ticking bomb that I kind of just push into the closet most of the days. Um, and I know I'll have to deal with it at some point, but I'm kind of waiting until I'm financially stable enough so I can devote things. And we're still trying to get to that point. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of the plane tickets and stuff like that, I had, def I had some savings myself, um, but we were also quite reliant on family and friends. Uh, mm -hmm. We had one point to go fund me to get Rita to the U.S. and, and help her uh, through that process, yeah. um, trying to ease the burden on our families for um, how much money they'd have to give to, mm -hmm. to make it work. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of it's come from our connections. And um, so far, the, even though the debt's there, it's kind of mm. still something a bit in the in the background that mm. will have yeah. to be faced one day when I look at yeah. it. And, um, yeah, and when we staying in Cambodia too, like uh, that was after um, I've been working in the U.S. for a year, and Jesse also working full time there too. So we got some saving, um, decent amount that we could make it work in. Uh, over there and in Germany. In Cambodia, the expenses are not that high since we are living with family. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that really helped a lot. Germany was hard though. In those first months when we were both going to school, we had no incoming income. Mm. Um, and when we came to Germany, um, there was this feeling of watching all the money that we had saved up over the last year instead of going up, just like pretty quickly falling to zero. Um, and you're trying to calculate how fast is it going to, to reach zero and we, what are we spending money on and getting really organized with money, but also feeling like, you know, going out to eat, things like that were just out of the question. And we were getting, you know, buyer's remorse for things like getting a bag of chips that costs $1.99. And we're like, we, should, we shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have bought that. They're like, that, that's going to kill us. Kind of a thing like 
the smallest little things mm-hmm. that we would spend any kind of excess money on or it would go a little bit over the budget on groceries would feel mm-hmm. like this is going to be, you know, mm-hmm. really like it just kind of we're constantly in fear of running out of money because yeah. our, our future together was tied to having a place. And more than anything, that time in Germany was, was about we're here on a, on a student visa so that we can be together in a country. If we don't have this, I guess I can go to Cambodia and keep renewing a visitor visa or we can try another visitor visa to US, but it's going to get really complicated really quick. So if we can find a way to stay here, then we need to. Mm-hmm. And that drive to um, have enough money to maintain our life is what, you know, originally uh, pushed me to get that dead job. And I, I would look for work for like November to June or July um, the next year. I have like six months of frantically searching for a job that would also mean that we could stay in Germany and, and our relationship mm-hmm. could be held mm. together so it was a lot of pressure and quite intimidating at the time mm, but when yeah. i got it I, I surprised her at her school with some champagne and little glass <laughs> little glass coke cups and uh and that was fun i felt good yeah yeah i understand so so this basically yeah it, it's it's an extra weight you had to deal with along your relationship like suddenly or finally it's a little bit more relaxed so it's moving into the right direction um so when did i did i understand correctly jesse so you came to germany like um to study so that was the original idea right the the studying was again kind of a a means to an end it was we we came to study in germany because the easiest way for us to live in one place together was Mm -hmm. to to you know, move to a place as a student. And so okay. we were excited to study. We, we liked the idea of going back to school, but it was kind of like, that was the best solution. And so that's what kind of led us there. Mm-hmm. So you, you actually came with a student visa, both of you, to Germany. And then you just, you, you decided to, um, to find a, a full-time job or what is it exactly? Yeah, Full-time, full-time. To, to support both of you and to basically take some pressure out um i hope this press this this question is not too personal i mean you had a plan um you had several plans actually before closing the distance and you just went whatever worked out um there were a few yeah for example the financial situation obviously you had to take care of that played a big part in your decision as well so this is why you decided for germany because uh, you don't have to pay any um I don't have to pay a student loan. I think it's just around about 600 euros for six months to study in Germany. Correct me if I'm wrong, if it changed. I'm not up to date when it comes to that. Even less. Even less. Even less, okay. Um, it's, is it like, if you look back, do you feel like you are exactly where you meant to be? Or is it still like, Okay, things could have gone differently. Um, we both wish to to live in Canada still, or do you just go with the flow? Do you have any regrets? Um, and again, you don't have to answer to that question because I know it's very personal. But um, those are things that actually went through my mind uh, when moving to to the US because the US was never my first choice. But I knew that this is going to be the step to to lead us into the right direction um or we knew that this is going to be ended things just worked out 
on the long run. Nowadays, like we are super happy, couldn't be better, but we both suffered a lot as well. Um, how how is it in your case? You start. Um, mm-hmm. for me, uh, uh, yeah, for me, I I wanted to change my career. I wanted to change to where I'm. I'm really for I. I'm really happy with my study program. I really want to go. I really love where I'm heading. And also a year in the U.S. put us in a lot of like stress as well, with like constantly thinking about, you know, safety or we we were living in a big city and we did mm-hmm. not, we want a bit more uh, peace and calm and Germany provide us that. Like I wouldn't feel worried about things can could happen um and we were we moved from san francisco to a very small town in germany and we just okay that's great and we love walking in the forest and that that's perfect for us people were just like really then how this is where you chose to go and it's like yeah this is perfect for us we want just a, a very calm and quiet time in, in germany um yeah that it there's a lot of it left a lot of challenges through the time that we first got here because um, we know that our, our way is not sustaining us. We need to find something else. Like our plan of work we were working on for the whole year and get us here, it's not done yet. Like we, it's not complete yet. We still had to work it on. And that was, this was hard because you had to navigate a new life, new languages. Mommy studying a master program and, um, and now we need to have a new plan. We really need to work on this new plan. And I don't think if we went someplace else, it would be work at all. I think Germany has a lot to offer um, despite all mm. the more challenges. I think it's, yeah, I think I couldn't make it someplace else. I don't know, I yeah. don't know what you think. I would say that. It, it felt like things went according to plan in the sense that I had a plan that things probably wouldn't work. <laughs> and so um, I, I think that I've kind of approached a lot of situations like that. And I feel like it's one of my strengths personally. I would say our strengths as a couple is that we're very adaptable. And I think it's better to go into a situation knowing that, you know, like we, we like to plan things kind of in detail, but we plan it with the absolute knowledge that it's likely very likely not going to be going to the plan that we have we plan out so we can see as far as we can get with the original plan but we know that along each of these steps things can change and we mentally ready ourselves to look for opportunities when those things don't go to plan how can we uh make this work and for example the current situation we're in where i'm working and she's coming as a student that would have been nearly impossible to organize and arrange before we came to Germany. And so our original plan, you know, of trying to come here and just use our savings and maybe get a mini job or something like this to sustain us was quite unrealistic, but it was the best idea we had. Mm -hmm. And there was a way to get to Germany. And we're like, everything else we'll figure out. If it doesn't work, we'll adapt. Mm. And that's exactly what happened. So in that sense, it kind of felt like it went to plan. Like, okay, yeah, things didn't work. I I figured. Um, and uh, what options do we see? Okay, maybe I can go to work, and um, and then things kind of lined up. But of course, we we could always you know debate whether um, you know part of the reason why we didn't go to Canada was like okay, we want a place we can go straight from the U.S. to. 
Um, and in the U in the end, we couldn't go straight from the U.S. to mm -hmm. Germany either. We had to wait a few months. So we could have, you know, made Canada work, and and who knows how that would have been. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one one uh, factor that that had against it was it had some of the similar elements of the U.S. that in many ways, I would still feel much more like I'm in my home culture and she's the foreigner. So we don't get that kind of neutral effect, which is another reason why mm -hmm. we chose Germany and Europe as a place where, where in between cultures, in between languages, and um, yeah, we're at a place where, you know, we're not choosing one country over another, one family over another. We're kind of in the middle. And so... Yeah, I mean, I think we can always debate which would be the best path to go, what would be the best way to adapt when things go wrong. Mm. But I think we we are too too focused on the future to, to second guess it too much and just say, okay, this is where we're at now. And um, mm. the experiences, whether they're bad or good, kind of give us insights on how we want to handle things in the future, what mm. we like and don't like in a place. Mm. And that's definitely going to guide us. Did anyone ever told you, um, family or friends, like, hey, what you're doing there is actually crazy? Or did you have full support right from the beginning? Mm. Mixed. Talking about my family, though, I really appreciate their support. I'm sure if I explain to them the things that I need to do, I should, they probably wouldn't fully understand um, how I did it, how, like, I... I, I do the thing I do, um, but but they just trust me and um, just provide a support that I need for whatever I'm doing, even though they don't fully understand. Um, so I I was really thankful for that. And some, yeah, I think yeah, my friends also never question or like said that will be crazy and. Yeah, I don't think I have that experience. Maybe what do you think? Mine is, yeah, it's, it's mixed. I, I mean, I have, I would say in the end, full support from everyone important in my life. But initially, of course, there's a lot of this kind of uncertainty because especially Americans in general, we, we travel a lot, but we don't move a lot outside the U.S. And so... Anything that's involved with long term, you know, in Cambodia, it's quite regular that you're seeing people leave the country and go to other places. And in Europe, it's quite normal for people to work for a year in another country. It just doesn't really happen in the U.S. And even going on a vacation as far as Europe, not just going to Canada, Mexico or, you know, Virgin Islands or you know, someplace that's closer by, seems for a lot of people like, oh, yeah, like. I got the, the feeling before I was even going to do my backpacking trip in Europe, like, oh, sure, sure. You're going to go, you're going to go and see all that. Like, yeah, you're going to save up the money and you don't speak the language. How are you going to navigate? And, and people are kind of skeptical until you do it. And that knowledge of how skeptical people could do, could be for something that was actually realistically not that difficult was something that kind of even in the future when I got the same kind of feedback sometimes of like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to move in with this girl and we're just going to make it work. People weren't as openly skeptical then because they, you know, once love is involved then it's like, okay, this is personal. But, you know, there were still the feelings of kind of like, God, that sounds really complicated and seems like it's bound to have major issues. Um, I kind of approached it the same way of like, felt like moving to Europe or to do a backpacking trip in Europe would be possible, even though many people seem skeptical of it. I just kind of dedicated myself until it made it happen. And I feel that this would be the same. 
Um, but in the end, you know, everyone still supported it, but it's still kind of a, you know, it brings out greater questions about what we'll do long-term and the friends and family that are away from me um, are kind of like, okay, is this where you're going to be forever? Or um, are you going to eventually come back to us and be in a place where we can see each other, interact with each other regularly and where we can get to know you as you currently are rather than just kind of the people who come on vacation now and then. And so that brought about bigger questions of that. But I would say that there's definitely a bit of skepticism when it comes to these kind of big trips just because they're not nearly as common uh, in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, which is normal, obviously. Like, um, I guess, I, I hope, um, how, how do I express, like, transferring this to our situation it was like this um obviously people care about you they are worried they just want the best for you you know and they've never made such an experience and most of the people most probably they've never stepped out of their comfort zone to see hey can this actually work out like you um just did um a backpack uh, tour through Europe and everyone thought hey this guy is crazy okay he's going to be back soon this is not gonna work out but it somehow did because you stepped out of your comfort zone and you you were willing to try out new things and um just to go out there and it worked one time so why shouldn't it just work a second a third a fourth a fifth time you know because you believe in it and this is like the optimism what we were talking about earlier because what i also believe in is positive energy like what what you send out will come back to you again and it might not always be exactly how you imagine it um, but i think what's important is that um where you will end up on the long run and it's normal that you're going to suffer and it's normal that especially in a new situation that you do have to take care of uh, financial things um paperwork um you still don't know like what's going to be on the long run obviously you do have a plan but you're also willing to change and to adapt the plan a couple of times and i think it's, it's sometimes it's very difficult for for others to understand what what you're going through because they're worried um that you might just make a wrong decision or that you're not going to be happy on the long run or so whatever but i think once they learn that as you said before jesse and i think you you brought it to the point love is involved and there's another person caring for you there's another person watching out for you there's another person basically um brightening up the room even though if it's not always easy but you know for what you're doing it um in an ideal world the in a, like We were talking about that earlier as well, um, as you adopted a couple of times, but um, the plan E you have right now, it's plan A, sorry, not plan E, <laughs> plan A you have right now, I know you have a plan E as well, but plan A, um, what, what would it look like? What do you see yourself in the future? That one's, mm. that one's the, yeah, the <laughs> biggest question of our lives right now, because we are equally excited in some sense about exploring the world and taking advantage of our youth to really see everything that we can see and 
also, I don't know, this feeling of feeling informed, you know, every time I meet somebody from a new country and learn about a new culture, learn about a new bit of history, I feel like there's so much more to learn, so much more to see. And I know that will be, at some point, I'm going to be settled in my ways and these will just be kind of summer vacation explorations. And I feel like right now I can, I can dive in deeper to things. So mm. I feel like that's, that's part of our ethos right now is to explore and understand and, and use our youth. Yeah. But at the same time, that's coupled with a strong desire to find what is home, where is our community, where do we feel like we belong, what's the best mixture of friends, family, uh, exploration, this balance between our cultures, um, daily happiness, uh, you know, systems, um, what you know, social systems, you know, for setting up a family, you know, where do they have schools and healthcare and all this kind of stuff, and so. You know, <laughs> yeah. so we're still yeah. trying to figure out what place kind of meets yeah. all that. Um, so we're very much, I think, in the adapt as we go. And um, what's been in some sense helpful is we have a few kind of like stars to orient, orient ourselves around. We have you know, our wedding, which is coming up next year. Uh, Rita has this big surgery, which is coming up at one point. It has a long recovery period. and um, And so... At one point, we started kind of putting these pieces into a calendar, into a yeah. timeline, uh, because like, okay, especially when it comes to visas, this needs to be renewed at this point. And after that, we need to move. And then after this, we're, we'll have this period where we have to stay here because we're receiving healthcare from here or where we have to stay here because I'm going to school or something. And um, from that, we developed actually like a 10-year plan or a seven-year plan, um, which is going to also be subject to a lot of changing and we're still kind of seeing where that plan leads us. Mm. You know, we feel pretty good about Europe in general, but of course we also really miss our families and miss spending time with them and, and having them get to know us and stuff like that. But it's, you can't choose one place to go without choosing another place to not go. Yeah. And that is really yeah. difficult, especially when there's families involved. If, if the families were both in the same place, it would be very tempting to just go there. Mm. Um, and in some sense, what we see with Europe is that we have this middle ground where we can, where we can have a place where we like the day-to-day -day life. Um, we're not sure necessarily about Germany, but someplace in Europe, we feel like in general, the community and the ability to explore other countries and cultures nearby and the social systems and the concept of the EU as a collection of countries trying to make things work even though they're very different from mm. each other. Um, mm. We like a lot of that. And at the same time, we want to plan a future where we can visit both of our families, you know, in the same year. So that way we can get a bit of everything, which is sounds difficult, but we, we feel like we want to find a way where we can, you know, in the end, find a place where we're happy to live um, without losing that connection to our family mm. and our mm. roots. Um, and develop a community where we're at that we feel connected to. Yeah. So you it's it's still an open ending, so to speak. So you just let things happen and you take it one step at a time with some milestones that are set already, because you knew okay, those we can plan already, but then we don't know what's going to come next. Yeah, and a bit of yeah. thought experiments of okay, how would this place affect us? Would we like it? Would we really want to stay there that long? Could we 
experiment and go to some place and see what yeah. it feels like and then and then you know and then and then it doesn't work go on and, you know kind of work with that adaptation and uh, so we have a few models where we're not completely reactionary where we just kind of see what happens we do want to plan it out but we're still looking for what should we even include in yeah. that plan mm. we're still developing it and I'm, I'm hoping within the next year or so that we'll we'll come on something a bit more solid to to aim mm. forward and to work towards mm. I just love the point because this is why we are traveling in a van right now. Yeah. Um, because it's like on the long run, somehow we, I wouldn't say hope, but it could be that we find the place we both be comfortable, um, neutral ground if possible, like you guys are, are doing it because I know like, um, that this is going to basically add another, Yeah, and another dynamic to the relationship if you live somewhere where both of you don't know the language, like where the system is completely new to both of you, you know, um, and that you can start from from scratch together. Yeah. And um, we hope that um, on our journey while traveling with the van, but then um, we are also planning in a couple of years to travel um, South America to check out Costa Rica, for example, yeah. um, also going to Argentina for quite a while. We're not sure when this is going to happen and for how long we will be in Argentina, but that we will find a place to stay. Yeah. And um, as you said, it could be just for a few years, it could be on, on the long run, maybe something else will cross our minds and then you just try out something else because yeah. in the end, the imagination is the limit. Yeah. So And the experience you guys you guys made is just like throughout positive, um, yeah. because you know like you're together and it doesn't matter where you live after all you know uh, exactly. you can just like handle everything just throw a lot of stones into your direction That's but you still manage to go around it and yeah. find your path. That's and, my grounding. Um, it's a pardon. As you said, that that's our like grounding element is that we're together, and from there everything else feels yeah. like a smaller challenge yeah yeah you figure it out definitely and it's just like because there's so many parallels i mean in between between the way you're thinking and between the way we're thinking and i've also um discovered that there are a lot of international multicultural couples that are thinking the exact same way because this is their life this is part of their life not knowing what the future will bring having a rough plan but then It just might change 10,000 times and family and friends, they always tell us like, hey, where are you going to be in one or two years? And we're like, hey, we don't know yet. <laughs> don't, just don't ask me because we really don't know. It's just like it's a huge, the, the, the end is open in the end. Like, um, and it's just like for so many people, it's different or difficult to, uh, to yeah, to accept because I tell you like, The same people would ask the same question over and over again. They will always get the same answer, but somehow for them, it's just difficult to understand like, hey, how can't you know where you're going to live on the yeah. long mm -hmm. run? And my family as well, like, hey, you're going to live uh, in Germany on the long run, no? Because you want to have kids, you want to have a family. I want to be uh, a grandma, you know? And natural family is like the same, like, hey, you're going to live in Argentina on the long run. And we're like, what's, what's, there's no middle like it's like sometimes we we feel like the best there's another reason for neutral countries like 
mutual dissatisfaction you know like you're no. dissatisfied but you're no more dissatisfied than the other side we're not dissatisfying yeah, yeah, anymore yeah, yeah. um and so <laughs> that's our justification but at the same time you know you can get the feedback of like well i mean we might have the argument oh if we're neutral and neither of us knows the language neither of us knows the culture and that to us makes sense but to other people like what? Like, Why? don't you want to go to a place where at least one of you knows the culture? At least one of you, you have at least one grandparent there to help take care of kids. And like, if you, if you can't get both of you, at least get one of the two. And then like, why yeah. would you go to one where you know none of them? Like you, you have no um, understanding of things. And it's like, that's this idea of a fresh start and an idea of equal playing grounds. And mm. for us, we always have the dynamic in a relationship too, where I'm from a country that is like rich, influential, uh, not just like politically, but also culturally. Media. Uh, and that has an ability to strongly shape our relationship as well as the kids that we hope to have one day. And we don't want that. We want to have a relationship where things are on equal grounds. And it's not just, because we, we see in other relationships, when, especially say somebody from a smaller country that you have like the parent that comes from the main country and then the other parent, like oh, they come from that weird small country someplace. And like, we, we don't want that. We want something where the language, you know, we will probably have a more dominant language in the house. That just, that's just helpful to have, although we'll probably speak different languages to kids, but um, you know, and we'll have, if we're living in Europe, it's going to be closer to my culture than hers, but as much as possible, we want to search for something where we can find that neutrality and, and create that balance. But, yeah, finding home, uh, just like what you were saying earlier, to uh, exploring all of Europe and South America, looking for just a place to go home. It's it's really funny that how I was so comfortable and certain with the idea of home in the U.S. until I met her. And <laughs> as soon as you start considering home on a different continent or in a different country, it's like the entire world opens up. And we were having times like maybe Canada, maybe Germany, maybe New Zealand. Australia is nice. We could go to Cambodia. What about South America? We never thought about like, we have to pick a continent. Like, mm. at mm. the very least, a continent to um, to try to settle on them from there. Country, city. And uh, once you start, you just don't know where it's going to take you. It makes me think of that quote from, I think it's The Hobbit, Bilbo Baggins, like, once you pick up your bag and get on the road, you don't know where the wind will take you. Kind of like, Mm. As soon as you're kind of on the way, you don't know where you're going to go, where you're going to end up. And suddenly everything, if you feel that resiliency to try to make something work in a totally different place, then what is South America compared to um, a new part of Asia, a new part of uh, Europe? Okay, a new yeah. language to learn, new visas to get, new culture mm. to come through, but okay, that's kind of like what we already did. Mm. And that decision fatigue of trying to decide it's difficult, but we're, we're getting better at narrowing it down, but we still have a lot of work to do on it. Yeah, but that's the best part. Yeah, yeah. As I, as I, the, the best part is just like not going this straight path. Yeah. And it's just like sometimes it's also okay not to have a goal and um, to basically not do what society expects you to do. Yeah. And just 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 swim against the current um, and do your own thing because you know, like after all, it's going to make you happy, and that's the most important. It makes so. me think of a quote from there's an author Jack Kerouac who, like, 
inspired a lot of you know traveling of mine um and he had a line that was a straight line leads only to death and uh <laughs> talked about yeah if you just made it through life and everything went exactly how you wanted okay you're gonna mm-hmm. hit one target after the next and you're gonna just fly mm-hmm. through on a bullet train to the end of your life and, and then you're there but mm-hmm. is that really what you want um and oftentimes mm-hmm. what we end up having is more you have a goal and instead of going straight to that goal you go a little bit to the left and then you move your goal to the left and then you go a little to the right and it turns into the zigzagging thing where in the end you're kind of encircling your goal but as the goal is changing you're going a different way and that path yeah. instead of this direct bullet train to the end of your life you end up taking a beautiful train ride through the mountains going up and down and uh and, and seeing that. so many different little things that you never expected and i think that's I one of the that. beauties of traveling too is that you always have i always compare it to like a book it feels like it sometimes where you feel like a main character and and you are writing this story but you have no idea what the next characters in that story are going to be or the next setting and like when you think about the most impactful people you met in the last few years, especially yeah. for us, like there's all oftentimes like all the people I interact with on a regular basis, I had no idea that they existed a couple of years ago. Mm. And even if I tried my best to imagine an interesting person, I would have never imagined that person because they come with a set of characteristics and influences that you couldn't even begin to imagine before meeting them or a place might bring about different influences and interests that you could have never imagined before going there. And so I'm always just curious about what the next chapters mm-hmm. will bring, which new characters will bring in. And it makes it easier to deal with some of the losses of friends and, and family along the way is that you, you know that uh, some of these incredible people that you met, there's more of them out there and you're not going to meet them on purpose. You're going to stumble across them in this crazy fusion of yeah. life and, and come across people who are incredible and completely unknown, but they're, they're out there. And, and likewise, home is the same that I think just like we found each other quite randomly. Um, we found some of his friends quite randomly. I feel like one day we're just going to kind of arrive someplace. And I hope at least that it will feel like, huh, I think this is it. Mm-hmm. And more, more than anything, scared that it's not going to feel like that. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's actually going to take is a place that goes, I don't know about this place, but maybe this could be it. And you just have to be there for five years or so. And then at that point, you go, oh, yeah, I guess this is it. Because that's much harder. I'm, I, I think both of us are pretty intuitive and instinctive with working with what you feel at that current moment. And it makes a lot of sense to invest time into a place for it to become that, because that's what you did with your childhood. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, since we're so used to doing things on a quicker basis, um, to to devote that much time to a place that could in the end not be it. Um, It's difficult. It's difficult and we're getting older, you know, so we we feel like we need to find some place. So, yeah. Some point, yeah. Some point. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we are are 30 and 32 and it's like, it could be that we're not find, not going to find a home like for the next five years. And yeah. we were also talking about like buying a bigger van and um, I don't know, raising a family while traveling, you know, yeah. it's just like it's, everything is possible nowadays. And that's the great thing that um, limit is what you set yourself. Yeah. 
but in reality there are no limits as long as you're willing to to just um yeah jump for it yeah. and cross your personal comfort zone which is also mm. very very important sometimes it's not that easy yeah. <laughs> and it comes with a lot of fear yeah but um in the end it will always worth it at least this is what i believe in sure, sure. Or what we believe and I'm, I'm talking for natural as well mm. um basically to to come to to an end sure. um i mean we've we've talked about like like the the communication we're just having is like like the past few few years of you being um in a, in a relationship like yeah. there's no straight path it just went like with a lot of curves we talked about the financial situation like how you manage it about your future plans about how you got to know each other about of like really like we're having a very deep conversation and i really enjoy talking to you guys um enjoy it too. and as we mentioned pardon we enjoy it too thank you um it's just like as as we also mentioned um during our conversation um you have family and friends that are like for them it's very very difficult to understand uh, what you're going through and uh, why you're doing what you're doing mm. um and i feel like the community the long distance community long distance relationship community and the multicultural a couple community just getting bigger and bigger, which is amazing to see like how much it grew the uh, past few months due to COVID uh, especially yeah. and how they stick together and how well they are connected. Um, but if there's one advice or it could also be, I think one is a little bit difficult, one, one or two advices you would like to give to everyone who's listening right now, who's, who's struggling maybe with um, the financial situation, who's not... 100% sure if the step he or she is going right now is the right step to go for yeah. what advice could you give I think come from me uh, I would say find the community find someone that you could relate to sometimes some the choice that you choose might be seem normal to this community but might be totally sounds really crazy to others who have never been in this uh, having that experience so just to have the community that can reaffirm you that your what you're doing is not crazy i think it really help a lot yeah yeah to add to that um when you're trying to meet up with that person the thing that we were talking about earlier is you know you know you, when it gets hard you have to uh, there, there's something i heard once that was first with the head then with the heart and um Kind of reminds me of these situations where you have to lead in some sense, like say pretty strategically, and uh, okay, you know, really devote to it as if it's a, as if it's your job, as as if it's your project to see what are the ways that I can do this. And it sounds like you take the heart out of it, but you also get this feeling of progress. And what the hardest thing for me was was the feeling of feeling powerless. And if you can take that power back by saying, I'm going to look through and see every one of the options I have, check them off my list. If they don't work, they don't work. But if they do, what are the ways? Talk to some other people who have experience with it. Reach out on community boards and through Instagram and things like that to people who've gone through something similar. Ask how they did it. Find your path through it. And when things get hard, then go to the heart and remember why you're doing it. Remember um, what that person means to you spend enough time with them not just worrying about the future but 
trying to enjoy what you can, even if it's long distance. Um, so that way you remember what you're fighting for. Um, in the end, you have to be on the same page with the other person. Both sides may be willing to, to fight hard for it. Um, but if it's worth it, then there's no reason to, to give up on it. Even if it takes a while, there will always be a way, but you have to be willing to, to adapt. And when one plan doesn't work, then just start looking for the other. As soon as you can set that date, uh, they said, okay, I, I have this date. And at this point, these things will come together and we'll be able to make this work. Everything will become so much easier because now you're counting down. Mm -hmm. And even if you're counting down a one year in advance, having that ticker that's going there can be much easier than if you're going to see a person in a week, but it's uncertain, then certainty is what kills it more than anything. Yeah. So you think it's also important to set like smaller milestones on, on the long run? Something to look forward to. Something to yeah. look forward to. And, and whenever possible, if you're long distance, try to, try to keep the relationship physical in the sense of sending something to the person, um, you know, snail mail or a package or something like that, some like piece of clothing with your smell on it, just something that, that the person doesn't forget that you are not just uh, a message on their phone or, or something like this, something that can be interrupted by an internet connection. Um, mm. remind, remind them that you are a real breathing person out there who's trying to get back to them. And when you mm. have that in your head, um, mm. and they're not just a concept, but they're a real thing, then it gets easier yeah, when yeah. things get hard to, to, to look to the mm. heart. That's true. Yeah. And also making, yep, by doing this, um, making statement like, hey, we're both sitting in the same boat. We are both feeling the same way and um, constant communication about, about feelings, even though if it's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> like, at least for me, it's never easy to talk about feelings, but um, that's also the way to go when you like to, like the relationship to work on the long run, especially when it's a long distance relationship. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So is there anything else you would like to add? Um, because we covered pretty pretty much a lot. <laughs> I I guess I just like to add one thing that I was thinking about when you were talking about like limitations and you know roadblocks and stuff is something my mom used to say a lot to me, which I think translates very well to anyone who wants this relationship, which is uh, argue for your limitations and they are yours, and basically coming to the idea that if you are convincing yourself that there are so many things preventing you from happening. You just list them out to yourself and you're trying to pretty much convince yourself that there are all these limitations, then you will never be able to get past those. And so you have to start, even if you see those limitations, by, for arguing for why it could work, for arguing why you could make it happen. Because mm -hmm. if you start off by you know, arguing to this, you're kind of repeating back all the limitations that people have told you that you're going to face, and all the things that are going to be difficult for you to get past, you have to at least be the number one supporter of your, of your plan, of your yeah, relationship journey, goals. Yeah. If you are yourself not believing in it, it gets really hard. And so that stubborn yeah. optimism comes in to, to say, mm -hmm. I know that there's these limitations out there. I know it's difficult, but I believe that there's going to be a way. And even if it's naive mm. and you're like us and trying to get two student visas to go to Germany, even though you have a limited financial budget and it's going to run out, 
just go for what you see in front of you and along the way adapt and grow and you'll find a way through mm. don't have anything else to add i think i'm gonna call this episode stubborn optimism <laughs> would love that <laughs> stubborn optimism i love it yeah thank you so much for your time guys i really appreciate it absolutely um it's just like just I don't know. It just brings back so many memories while talking to you. Um, and, and also the point, like, not looking back, asking yourself the question, like, what if I would have made another decision, you know? Yeah. And because I, I feel like this is the worst that can happen to you. Yeah. Looking back and, and regretting your decisions and just, just going, going for it, doing what feels right. I, I really enjoyed our conversation. This is the story and the journey of Jesse and Rita. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation. If you like what we're doing, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. And as always, also feel free to ask us anything, any questions, either via facebook or via instagram it's international love story we're here to help and to connect with you guys and uh, yeah have a wonderful morning have a wonderful day have a wonderful evening wherever you're listening to this episode right now and please take care bye Mind. I don't mind